0: Hello, welcome to a special episode. This is the post-game review of the Jazz Season Opener. The Jazz beat the Portland Trailblazers by a lot more than I thought they would last night. I predicted that they'd win, but I didn't see a 20-point win. And I definitely didn't see Damian Lillard scoring only 9 points. I I think in a previous episode I said I'd be shocked if he didn't score 40. But I was wrong there. Uh, this was an awesome win. Obviously, we don't want to overreact after just one game, but the Jazz are on the road to go 72-0 right now. They're on pace. <laughs> so, uh, Nate, what were your major takeaways from this uh,
1: season opener? I think, like you said, we shouldn't put a, too much stock into it, especially considering how the Portland Trailblazers are trying to retool their whole defense. And, I mean, the Jazz came out cold, like, first five, six minutes of that game. Um, Portland was definitely up. My prediction for the game was that while the jazz were going to um, win that the starters were going to do have a pretty even game or Portland was going to win um, that matchup, but that the jazz would win the bench matchup. So for six minutes, I was totally on track. Like Portland starters were doing great. And then Derek favors came in. And while you can look at other stats, I mean, he came in around the do 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 639 mark. Um, he came in for Conley and he left around um, the 126. I'm sorry. He left around the um, one minute mark and taking a look at that, he only had four points and two assists and a couple of rebounds, but he was plus 14 during that stretch. And so the jazz came from behind past the trailblazers and never looked back. So Portland's bench is an abomination. Um, they have four ISO scores, um, one of those being Rodney Hood, one of those being Carmelo Anthony. That's just not a way to like be successful as a bench unit, and their defense is also questionable. So with all of that like being said, I do think it was really awesome to see the Jazz bench come in get some momentum and the starters to secure it. Since a lot of last season was watching the starters get momentum and then the second unit come in and just absolutely blow the game. So I really think that even though it's hard to put a lot of stock in how we did against Portland's bench, it was just awesome to see them click like that and to see them just play such an amazing basketball game. Yeah. And like
0: like Portland's defense, they are not one of the best defenses in the league. But what I thought was amazing was, like, first off, the Jazz held Portland to 100 points and Damian Lillard to 9. Portland, like, they don't have great defense, but they normally make up for that with their offensive firepower. And they should have gotten better this year now that they, had, they got Robert Covington in a trade from the Rockets. Um, but what I've like what the Jazz really impressed me with is what they were able to do with the whole team concept. It had seven players in double digits. Rudy Gobert had a monster double-double. Um, and watching them, I loved it because the Jazz really only have two like real ISO scorers, Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell. So it's perfect because those are two guys that they can swap out for each other. And so they really only have like, and Mike Conley can be an ISO scorer, but I would. He's. I feel he's a little more of a pure point guard than an ISO scorer, um, which is where he fits. But watching how the team moves on offense, where you have Rudy Gobert cleaning up the offensive glass and just putting it back for easy points, or uh, he's, he's down there and he's a lob threat, so he forces the centers to stay closer to the rim to avoid the lob while Mitchell is driving in. And while Mitchell's driving in, Gobert is close to the rim as a lob threat. You have Ingles on one three, Bowie on another three, Conley on another three. And so if it sucks any defense in to help Mitchell on the drive, to help uh, help defense, then you have someone wide open for three. And so you saw that. The Jazz shot 53s last night, and they shot 38% on them, which is incredible as a team. If they can keep mid-30s, even high 30s for the season, then they will become like they will be one of the best 3 point shooting teams this year.
1: They definitely, um, I mean, that 38% was just crazy. Last year, I think they were just over 38% as a team from three, which was the best in the league. But that was with them shooting like the 22nd or 23rd most um, threes in the league. So they were way towards the bottom end of that spectrum, but they were making what they shot. And last night they went out and in the first half shot 28 threes, made 13 of them. That's just over 46%. You had, I believe, Bogdanovich, Con- um, Mitchell, Ingles, all had um, three three-pointers in the first half. There was one more player, but I can't remember who. But, I mean, let's look at these final lines. You had Boyan, who made four of 11, Um, Conley, who made four of seven, Mitchell, who made four of 10, Ingles, who made three of eight, um And Clarkson, who made three of six. So that's just absolutely insane to have five players making three plus three pointers in a game um, to be shooting 38 percent at the end of it. If the Jazz go out, they keep playing this way and they keep being able to hit shots like that. They're going to be a more Houston Rockets style of um, basketball. With obviously a center, um, instead of playing nobody under six foot, nobody over six eight. But if they're able to somehow do that and keep their defense at the level that it was last night and that it's capable of being, they're going to just be absolutely dominant this season, in a way where like they're going to be fighting for that second seed. I really think, and I don't want to put too much stock into it, but if things keep going this way, they really could get that second seed, which would just be absolutely. Amazing for the Jazz.
0: If they can get to that Houston Rockets level of offense, then like I agree with you 100. Like they are really fighting for that second seat because the Houston Rockets, they had one of the best offenses, especially from the perimeter, and and uh, from the mindset of from the perimeter end, like and from the outside and like West Westbrook driving in, um, that was unstoppable for the second part of the season. If the Jazz get to that point with their defense ability, like the Jazz, Rudy Gobert, I feel like even after two defensive players of the years, he's still a little underrated on how much he adds on the defensive end. Derek Favors, he adds a ton on the defensive end. Joe Ingles is an underrated defender. They, the Jazz have a lot of players who can come in and make impact on the defensive end. So if they can get to that Houston Rockets level of offense with that defense, They are scary. Um, One thing that I pulled out of this game is... like, We watched some preseason and we kind of made predictions based off of what we saw. The Jazz, how they played, especially at their best last season. Um, But it's kind of nervous going into the first game of the season. and Like you said, we don't want to put too much stock into it. But watching them play, it really... Like validated all the points that we've been making. How how awesome of a bench unit the Jazz have. How big of an impact Derek Favors is is able to make. How good Rudy Gobert is, and how he actually deserved that huge payday. And if so, if they keep up this level of play, um, all of that's true. But it's one game, and it's time that the Jazz move on to the next one. Happy with this one, and stay focused on that next game because. If they, if they slip up at all, we've seen last season that the Jazz had a little bit of a slip and it led to a losing streak. And It was just a rough time for the Jazz.
1: Definitely. And I think that they're playing Minnesota at the most dangerous time um, coming up on Saturday. Not to get too deep into that game, but Carl Anthony Towns always starts the season off blazing hot and comes in with just a desire to take Minnesota to the playoffs. And then 20, 25 games in, I don't know if it's an organization thing. I don't know if it's just they lose some key games and he's not able to keep that mentality up, but they decline. So the T-Wolves are always a team that I would prefer to see at the end of the season than at the beginning. So even though I think they're going to like not make the playoffs, I do think this is a formidable opponent that the Jazz really need to show success against this upcoming Saturday.
0: And the Tibberwolves, their roster has a lot more talent than it has in years past. Um, I guess you could look at the Wiggins-Butler back when they had both of those players on the team, but other than like their big three, they weren't great, that great. And Wiggins is more empty stats, it feels like. harlem Bay Towns is a lot of times empty stats, especially towards the end of the season. So, But now you have D'Angelo Russell, who all-star level point guard. We have Ricky Rubio, who he's not an all-star level point guard, but um, the Jazz know what he brings to the table. He's a great distributor, awesome defense, is really his only weakness is his shot. Um, and then Carl Anthony Towns, who is surprisingly one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA right now, even though he plays that five. So, The Timber and they do have the first overall pick in Anthony Edwards. So he's kind of a wild card. I don't expect him to be um, a game changer for the Jazz when they play on Saturday.
1: Yeah, neither do I. Um, As for Ricky Rubio, I don't think he has like a vengeance to try to get back at Utah. But I mean, Ennis Cantor did have the best game or like the second best game out of Portland players last night. And so I do, could definitely see Rubio coming into this game with like a lot of just competitive nature wanting to beat Donovan and just beat the guys that he has a great relationship. But I'm sure um, just wanting to like come out on top since he always came out just and had really great games against the Jazz when he was on the Suns last year. I think there's just an extra motivation whenever you play an old team to try to get back at them and just kind of show them who you are and what you can do. So I think you can watch for a really big showing from Rubio. If that's what, um, if that's what the coaches will let him do. So I'm excited to, I I love watching Rubio play. I miss him. I definitely think the jazz needed to upgrade to Conley, but I think he'll come out and he'll have a good game this Saturday and he'll um, give the jazz a run for their money. And he's
0: such a high IQ player that, uh, and he knows the jazz system. Obviously, it's changed a little bit. But,
1: um, so. Jack him up.
0: Yeah, so I, I expect I expect Rubio to um, make some big plays, and he'll definitely make it a little tougher than normal for Conley and Mitchell. But I'm looking forward to that game.
1: So I want to close out on one stat last night that I just thought was insane. Um, at one point in the second quarter, over the last 13 and a half minutes the Jazz had scored 46 points. So that's on pace for 164 points in a game. So, I mean, the Jazz aren't going to do that. They're not going to put up 164 as much as we'd all love to see them just ball out and go at that pace for the whole game. It's amazing to see that that's something they're able to do when the game is close and it's still like not out of reach yet to be able to go and put those points up. So I really think that you're going to see this season The Jazz having monster stretches like that to put games away as early as they did last night. So I really just... Offense this year is going to be amazing. It's going to be better than last year. And they might end up with the best offense in the NBA this season.
0: That would be insane, especially since two years ago. The Jazz were labeled as a team with no offense, but just great defense. Uh, But Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, This has been our post-game review of the Genesis opener against the Portland Trailblazers, Blazers. And thank you everyone who has has subscribed recently. We've been growing a lot faster than we've anticipated. We're on pace to hit 100 subscribers here in the next couple days. That's exciting. We're we're excited. We've we've only really committed to the YouTube thing for a few weeks, so that's that's than we expected. Thank you. Uh, Keep hitting that like button. Keep sharing with your friends those who aren't subscribers yet, please hit the subscribe button. We're going to bring out some great jazz videos here in the next few weeks. So you won't want to miss out. Thanks for tuning in.